This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hey everybody, welcome to the Full Scale Outdoors podcast. I am Dale Luganville. Thank you for joining me. Before we get into this, I want to do a quick little update. Uh, for those of you that have contacted me and said, hey, I couldn't find your latest episode, um, I was like, well, I uploaded it. I don't, I don't know why it's not showing up. So I did a little bit of digging, and uh, here's where we're at. So I'm part of the Waypoint Outdoor Collective, and with Waypoint, they switched the hosting sites from Libsyn, and now we're going to use Megaphone. And I was also on Libsyn, so there was a little bit of like a, a disconnect there between the sites. Um, but if you're subscribed to the Waypoint Outdoor Collective on whatever podcast platform that you like to consume your podcasts, um, you would have gotten my latest episode through them. Um, so if you're not, you should be. I've been telling you to do it. <laughs> so uh, do that right now. Mm, go into your, if you're listening to this, well, not if you're driving, but make a mental note. Once you stop, take care of this. Um, subscribe to the Waypoint Outdoor Collective, and that'll just give you a nice, uh, it's another way to listen to this program. It's uh, a good fail-safe, as we're learning, that if something happens, um, you're still going to get it. So, um, go ahead and subscribe to that, and then uh, not only are you going to get this show, you're going to get a bunch of other stuff. So if you're one of the people that liked, like like um, the waterfall episodes that Full Scale has, those are some of my most popular for sure. I'm looking at the downloads. There's a couple other really good shows on there: Foul Front, um, MVM Podcast, the Mid Valley Mercenaries Podcast. That's those are all waterfall hunting. Um, so I'll give you another outlet and a couple more shows maybe you're not aware of. And there's some really good fishing content on there too. If that's if that's more your your area, um, there's a lot of good stuff in there. I could list everything off, but the the list is pretty long. So get into it. Go subscribe to that. Another way to find Full Scale Outdoors podcast. Um, but I'll take care of the stuff on my end. I'll get everything switched over to to a megaphone, and then uh, it'll be just like it never happened. So I apologize. Stuff hasn't been coming out in a timely manner. Um, some of that's on me. Some of that's this technical difficulty. But we're going to work through it. We're going to get through this. I promise. Um, but I want to thank everybody because we are, we're still trending up. The downloads are increasing. Uh, and I really appreciate that. So thanks to everybody that's sharing it and getting the word out there. I literally 
couldn't do it with you. Um, but keep sharing it every week. Share the episode, you know, on on Facebook. Um, you know, share the share the Full Scale Altars page, Snapchat, Instagram, all that stuff. Uh, it all helps. So the greater reach we have, um, the more guests, like more types of guests and bigger names that I can start attracting to Full Scale Outdoors. Um, just to give you even more variety and just make a, a better show all, all around. And uh, so I can't do that without you, and I appreciate the help that you've given me. Also, you know, I've been reminding you guys to rate and review, and the ratings are great. I appreciate it. But the same review has been on there for, like, forever. <laughs> so go on there. Leave some. I don't even care. Like, actually, would appreciate it, like, some, some funny stuff. Just uh, leave a review. Um and be fun with it. Have some fun with it. Uh, I think it'd be fun to read off some of those reviews. You know, we get a good one. So think about something funny or interesting to say and uh, throw it in the review part. It helps. You know, that's another thing to help spread the word. So, all right, not going to harp on that too much. Let's uh, get on with it. On today's episode, um, I went up to Lake Mille Lacs, and those that are familiar with Lake Mille Lacs here in the upper Midwest know that it's uh, shrouded in controversy. And uh, they recently released the winter season and and limits. Um, they're the same as last year, if you happen to know what that is. But we'll get into that because I sit down with uh, Randy Simons from Randy's Rentals. He's on the southwest part of the lake there. And, um, you know, he kind of gives me uh, his take, a little brief history on on his business. Um, great dude, uh, super busy, likes to work hard. Um, as we wade into some murky waters, and I don't want to give anything away here because I want you to listen to it. It's not that long. I think we talked for just right around an hour, maybe just a touch under. Um, he's, like I said, he's busy, he's quick. And, and so I just, I ran up there real quick and, um, sat down recording. I'm really, really glad I did that. And, uh, I want to thank Randy for, for having me up there. He was gracious host and it was, and it was awesome. So here we go, everybody. We're back on track. This is the full scale outdoors podcast with Randy Simons. <laughs> that sound this is a good one no so everyone there, says no. I sound like a woman on the phone here we go <laughs> <laughs> I'm here with Randetta is Randetti. it Simmons or Simons um, A.K.A. Randy's Rentals. It's actually Randy Simons. Simons. Yeah, S-I-M-O-N-S. There it is. Well, hit him with the number right out of the gate up here on Mille Lacs Lake. 612-961-8360. And you've been in business how long? Well, Randy's Rentals was established in 1999. Wow. So it's been a little bit of a long road for us up Did here. Did you party like it was 1999? Partied like it was 1999 before <laughs> I met my wife here. So after that, it was pretty tamed down. Then she settled down. She settled us down quite a bit. Yeah. So what got you into the, well, I guess this isn't technically a resort, so I wouldn't say resort business, but uh, well, fish house rental business. Well, Lake Mille Lacs was uh, one of our destinations as a young guy because it was 90 minutes from the Twin Cities. So we would come up here on the weekends and 
party up here on the weekends and go back and run the business down in the cities, which was a commercial cleaning company for 30 years. And uh, we used to go camping all around this lake. And one day I was looking for a place to camp and a man was uh, pounding for sale by owner. And I made him an offer on the house, and that's how we got the house back in 1999. Parked the camper and had moved the camper since. Hmm. So we uh, started out with ATV rentals back in 1999. Really? Is there a bunch of trails in this area uh, for that, or is it just for ice fishing mostly? Um, there's trails up the road, and that's what we used to do is ATV okay. rentals. Then we sort of got into jet ski rentals and pontoon rentals and fishing boat rentals. Then... Uh, as we seen the ice out there in front, it was like, well, well, ice fishing's going to be definitely a natural thing for us. So we uh, would fish out there in portables and stuff. Then um, we bought our first fish house, and we started that one. We started with one fish house, and we're at 22 fish houses right now. Wow, sweet! Are you going to expand anymore? Is that a good number to uh, maintain? Because it's a lot of work to maintain those things. Um, every year I tell myself that I'm not going to be getting any more fish houses and every year we're trying to maybe think about getting a different one. Uh, now it's going to be wheelhouses so it's a little more easy to move them around and transport them and versus the old skid houses. So we did end up with two new uh, wheelhouses this yeah, year. Yeah, I had I picked up a, a Yeti last year with the intent to rent out and I did rent it out uh, a few times but man I mean when you were on the lake you know what it was February rolled around we got all that snow and that just made it a nightmare I mean most of the bookings I had canceled just getting it off the lake was I'm glad I got it off the lake when I did because that was sketch I mean it was was not a good season to try to start in the rental business uh, <laughs> not on this lake anyways yeah February 28th of last year was a big snowstorm we had 50 <laughs> mile an hour snow uh, winds predicted uh, we had six to eight inches of snow Wednesday prior to that Sunday coming into that big blizzard, and a lot of people seeing two inches of snow, 50-mile-an-hour winds. Out of 45 wheelhouses that were sent out there, 15 of them decided to stay behind. They didn't really realize that six to eight inches of snow that was laying on the lake actually was going to blow across Ooh. with another two inches. So the whole lake was zocked in, and it was uh, took a little bit of work to get everybody off the lake. I remember that. I remember watching you on uh... – your Facebook posts and that, and that was just a drama. I mean, it was crazy. People were stranded. And you know how social media is. It's, it can be a brutal, brutal place. And for those that, you know, couldn't get their house on, off, or chose to stay or whatever it was, like, thankfully there were some people that came and helped out, but there was a lot of people that were just like, you know, F them, let them, you know. They should have got off the lake when they, you know, they had their chance and they didn't do it. And I know I got to risk my life now to go save you. And it's like, well, yeah, that we was all not, make mistakes. You know? That was not the attitude I had. I told everyone to be off the lake by six o'clock on Sunday morning. I got up at six o'clock on Sunday morning after going to bed about two o'clock in the morning. Six o'clock in the morning, we looked out. The, the houses were coming off the lake. At about seven o'clock, was complete whiteout. The roads were not no longer accessible. So at about seven o'clock. Uh, Roads were blowing shut, and we uh, went out there with our V-plow to go plow it open, and it was like a concrete wall that we hit. So Oof. I knew that we were not getting them off with this one pass with this V-plow, so then I had 16 rentals out there about a half a mile out. We call it the Blue City. Uh, Blue City was uh, pretty much zocked in, too, so main priority is get all the rentals off. Then we're two and a half, two, 2.8 miles out to Indian Point. We had to continue working and getting those guys off. It was about a 36-hour rescue, pretty much nonstop with two hours of sleep that one next morning. Yeah, I remember it was just nonstop. Just, 
Well, I mean, you just don't have the luxury, like clocking out. It's not like, well, three o'clock, we're done. We're done. <laughs> we're done pulling houses off the lake. Like, oh, there's still more houses to get off. Yeah, we we got the rentals off and we got everybody off that lake. And I found out I wasn't the only one who was zocked in out here. The whole oh, lake yeah. was pretty much in the same situation as me. And this is a small business up here. I think the guys that came to my help and I give them a lot of uh, kudos for giving me a hand and. uh with the bobcat with the big eight foot bucket and uh some v plows and uh some other stuff that came up there we got everybody off the lake and everybody is happy for us to do what we did and uh, i think we did great for them a couple guys they wanted to go down these long boondog trails a uh, mile and a half off the everything and we told them get off that we don't need to be down that long trail and they chose to do that so they were one of the last ones to get off about 36 hours later and Oof, that's all we could do is we got them off and yeah, we we couldn't please everybody, but I think we did. I think we did a hell of a good job, and I I I'll I'll, I'll take credit for. Uh, I think we did a good job. Yeah, I mean, that's the fisherman kind of mentality, right? You gotta you, you gotta go further or or don't you know? It, it, it's as soon as you can get to those mud flats, like they just like you could be hammering the absolute hammering walleyes on the first break, and. People just keep asking, like, when can we get out the three mile, or when can we get out the nine mile, or when can we? It's like, dude, there's fish right here, but they just like that. It's this mentality, like you got to get out in the middle of the lake, like uh, that's where the action is. It's like, oh, geez, getting out further and further is what they want to do. We'll start out in the Blue City here, early ice, and uh, we'll be catching fish in the Blue City. Next thing you know, we're working our way out to Indian Point. Everything's going good. We're fi we're catching fish out in Indian Point. Then they want to get out to the mud, so we're down at Sherman's on the south tip. Then they bring it up to the boot and the cut. <laughs> then they're out at Sherman's. They're like, hey, we'd like to get over to 7 Mile. Yeah. Get them over to 7 Mile. Then they're at 7 Mile. Then they want to get to 8 Mile. So we had roads all the way out to 8 Mile. We had 9 miles of ice roads last year. And then wow. um, we had all that stuff maintained pretty well. Mother Nature had come in and throw a big pressure ridge crack across everything. So then we had to get That's them right. off the lake on the too. other side. So we did everything we could to keep everyone out. And we're going to have another great season. We're going to have big roads. And we're going to do it all over again. I can I can collectively hear uh, all my listeners from southern states going, uh, uh, nope, that's a hard pass. Did you just say a crack developed in the road? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, for people that don't know, like, uh, this is a big lake, and, yes, it freezes over, like, with a lot of ice. Some years where you need an extension to get through, it's close to three feet of ice on, on some winters, but it's it moves, you know. There's a lot of friction when that wind slides across that ice. It's It's trying to move it. Um, ice changes quite a bit with weather temperatures. Uh, you got your high temperatures, your low temperatures. Ice contra contracts and expands. Um, it expands and then it contracts. So it, there's so many different variables. So that pretty soon there's going to be pressure on that ice. It's going to pop somewhere. And one side will raise up, one side will drop down. Then you got three feet of water on top of that broken ice. So there's a lot of issues. And once that stuff gets uh, cold warm again it, it pushes up and expands and then it creates these big pressure ridges and yeah there's a lot of variables out there ice can change at any time ice is never 100 percent safe we're out on those roads time for many hours watching ice and what it does so just because we checked it one hour doesn't mean there's going to yep. be an issue the yep. next hour so when you're out on the ice you're you're definitely watching yourself and you guys who are out there on the ice you guys are our eyes you need to let us know if you see something out there there's an issue 
Give us a call. Give Randy a call, and I'll uh, be out there to check it out, cone it off, reroute it, tape it, or uh, tape it off. On we'll uh, we'll try to keep everyone safe out there. And buy a goddamn road pass, you cheap bastards. I mean, it's not that much money for what you get, you know for what sportsmen spend on tackle and this and gas to get here, and then it's like you try to you know sell them a road pass, and you you know it's. They're plowing your road every day. They're keeping you safe. Just buy the goddamn pass. Uh, the, ro the, ro the road passes are definitely what keeps us resorts alive here. Oh, yeah. That's going to take care of our gas, our equipment, um, any breakdowns, our labor, and us monitoring the ice, checking the ice, rerouting roads. Uh, bridges, bridges are necessary. If there's a crack, we'll have bridges across there, and that bridge does not always lay flat, that flat that ice expands, contracts, that bridge pops up on one side, drops down on the other side. So there's a constant battle of... Constant battle. Yep. And a lot of these guys, they like to try to get the free road pass, and they go out on the public access, and all of a sudden they just want to come on down and find a road and just come on off. And I'm like, well, you can turn your happy ass back around and go back to where you came from because that's where you got your free road right? pass from. Yeah. So this is our access. So And, and we, seriously, it's not that much money. It's, it's it's $10 per day. Wheelhouse, wheelhouses are 30 bucks for three minutes or three days. That's the way we work it here. Two drinks at the bar. That's it. Yeah. And, you know, we I would say 90% of the people are great. They don't have no issues with the yeah, road no, passes. Yeah, most um, people are. But there's, you know, there's a few people that bitch and moan about it. It's like, just buy the goddamn pass, would you? Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. No, but. It, you know what would be kind of nice? And this is probably a headache, too. I brought this up to somebody last year and. and I think that's kind of what we came up with is like to get everybody on board would be impossible, but almost like a like a lake wide pass, like all the all the road managers or resorts would kind of get together and and so like if you know I got a pass from you, like nobody would give me shit if I went Bahan across the lake, especially if all the roads were connected, you know, and like I could get on here on the west side, southwest side with you, and then get off on hunters or whatever you know if i wanted to go that route but that would be great but not all resorts want to be friendly with the na i know and that's resorts. how yeah and that's how it's competition some people see it as competition but i, I would know. i would love to be that person and work with the neighboring resort the neighboring resort has wants to have absolutely nothing to do with us mm. so we're we're pretty much on our own out here um so that's just what they've chose to do so we're we're minding our own bobbers here. We're doing our own thing. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, keep plugging away. I mean, you've been up here for a while, so. Yeah, I, I would say, you know, if we could uh, work together with the neighboring resort and share share roads and share share work ethics and stuff, but they just don't want to do anything with us. So we're, hmm. we're, That's uh, unfortunate. We're, we're pretty much Samson against Goliath here, and uh, we are definitely the smaller dog here. But we work hard, and we're going to keep you guys out there and keep you safe. Yeah, it's. A, I mean, this lake is is huge you know there's definitely plenty of options and then people seem to have their favorite part of the lake too you know like what, what they like to fish out of what they're familiar with and um i don't know i just feel like there's room for everybody at the table i don't i don't i don't see that you're like taking money off of somebody else's plate and um but i get what you're saying i, I have kind of seen that sentiment i mean i experienced it a little bit as you know i had my rental and so if i'm going out of somebody's launch that has their own rentals they might not be too thrilled you know if i'm using their roads but i always buy the pass you know so sure. i don't know what the why that would be that big of an issue but i don't know that i'm gonna 
do it this year. I haven't decided. It was kind of a pain in the ass, to be honest with you. So well, there's nothing easy. There's nothing easy when it comes to uh, ice house rentals. Uh, ice ice conditions change. Blocking, banking, moving houses, this and that. Catching fish, not catching fish. There's so yep. many variables on it. Um, every resort has their fishing grounds. Um, in some resorts, uh, share fishing grounds, and you know if you're sharing fishing grounds, why not work together? with That's, the neighboring resort and it just doesn't make sense where we're not getting that cooperation yeah, with our right. neighboring resort but we're gonna um we're gonna keep fishing the fishing grounds we've uh fished and we're not going to be told where we can fish where we cannot fish we're going to stand up for our rights to fish where we want for sure and the dnr's pretty much made it clear that it's an open lake and uh everybody's can go anywhere they want which i understand and that's it what is. we're going to do Ooh, and golden eyes yeah so but i need to go shoot those Yep. Uh, so anyway, if you're looking oh, at yeah. us on, on live. Live, live Facebook, uh, we got uh, Class 5 being hauled in out here, and it's all going to be uh, nice and smooth and perfect landing for you guys coming out here on the lake. We've already had the guy come out here, and we're going to have the bobcat in here. We're going to have a great smooth landing for you. And every every landing is a little different. Hopefully we can please you, and your our landing will be perfect for you. If you scrape a little bit, um, if we got the best we can do, that's the best we can do. But we'll certainly do our best and give us a try. Ooh, man, just pulled up the site and see nice fishing pictures. If I wasn't already fired up, now I'm really fired up. Uh, we're going to have ice pretty soon. What's your prediction here? When do you think this is going to ice over? Uh, well, we're going to be starting our ice reports December 6th. Okay. Um, that's going to be when I'm going to open my access. I can open my access. That's coming up pretty fast. <laughs> yep. I can open my access up a little quicker than that, say December, or four inches of ice. But then you got somebody that's going out there and jumping on four inches of ice. Then they're getting their four-wheeler out there. Then they're yep, out on three yep, inches yep. of ice. So I'm going to start um, looking at December 6th. If we have uh, five, six inches of ice, we'll be out there. And um, it's going to be December 6th for us at Randy's Rentals. Weather permitting. Weather permitting, absolutely. <laughs> but it should be, I think, with the, the cooler-than-average start that we've got, I think, that's a, I think that's a pretty safe bet. I know people are Jones for it. I got that the Ice Expo in Blaine tomorrow. I'm going to hang out in that. So uh, I know people are jacked up. I mean, there's people fishing already in northern, you know, by uh, Bemidji and that. I there, think there Red, Red has fishable ice i'm pretty sure i know pelican lake in or minnesota and some resorts up there posted this week they had seven inches up there so sure go sure. time well we're on the main lake here so it takes a little bit longer for yeah. us to freeze over but this ice right here we got out front if you can see it through the video that we're doing here um we got pretty good ice out front we're certainly not fishable or walkable yet but no. we're, we're definitely no. we're definitely starting to form ice way uh, before thanksgiving Thanksgiving is sort of a dream for people to get out there early ice. We're not going to be offering Thanksgiving fishable ice here. It, with If we have it or if we don't have it, December 6th is going to be our start date here. Sure. Yeah, like I just said, there's a well, there's a bunch of golden eyes out there right now. I just saw a flock fly past. If you could get to an open landing, boy, that's really tempting to go hunt those things. We had, we had a call yesterday. The guy wanted us to go find us an access that he oh, could really? get on the lake, and we went to a couple different spots, and everything's pretty much iced over. So the, those duck hunters, up. I could not get them on the lake, even though I did try, and they seen that I gave them a try to find them Dang, a way sucks. to get out there. Yeah, that's it's tricky. 
That's the thing. You get those, you know, what's great about the protected harbor kind of bays in, or landings in the summer yep. are really nice. Yeah. In the winter, they freeze over. They, so if they you wanna, freeze over pretty quick. If you want to get your boat out there late season, they kind of work against you for that. But, yeah, it's, I don't, it's a beautiful lake. you got to have ice issues ice issues from here time to time in the spring when this stuff starts moving around um ice does push it all depends on which way the wind's blowing when that ice is broken up at the right consistency um we've never had a direct push here but we knock on wood every year that we don't have that <laughs> right um, but you're close i mean you're real close what is that 40 yards to the water's edge yeah we're real close to the water here we've uh, we've had to push it up about 30 feet tall down the road a little ways um, it made pretty much national news when it pushed into Izadis and went yeah, into a that. little cabin living room. Yeah, that thing sounded like a train coming in. It was like when you'd hear the it was like, chuk, chuk, yeah, chuk, chuk, and it was just interesting to watch. I mean, it was relentless. It just kept it just kept pushing, building up against that building, and then you saw that glass pop. And yeah, I was yeah. Like, oh my god, that's just crazy. And the amount of weight that that little bit of wind can push is just, it, it's a phenomenon that I, I can't explain well, it. Well, once but. you get it started, it's such a massive thing that that's why you can't just stop it. I mean, it's, I mean, how much, you know, you've, you cut out, you cut open a little, like what, four foot chunk of ice, depending on how thick it is. That's a hot, I mean, that's heavy. It so is now, heavy, now yes. think about a quarter mile chunk of ice and how heavy that is. Once that gets some momentum. Yes. You're not, you're not, no, that's not you're stopping, stopping that thing. No, no. We, we've seen it pushed up by the casino up there last year, up by the public access up there. And yeah, it's, it's huge piles of ice. It's gone across 169 here, wait, you know, 20 years or so ago. I remember that. And they had to bust it open with um, plows and stuff like that. Um, I've always said that this would be a great place. Like if, if a school is having, uh, you know, they're studying plate tectonics. Yeah. But this would be a great lake to, in the wintertime to come out here because you can see. Everything, all the forces that go on in plate tectonics happen right here on this lake and any large lake, you know, that freezes because you've got your, all the same kind of faults. There's slip faults, you know, there's, there's areas where the ice is actually moving in the opposite direction. So you just have that big gap of open water in between it. Then you have the sheets that collide against each other and yeah. create the mountains. I mean, it's all right there. You can, you can see it almost in real time. Uh, I just think that'd be a, an interesting tool to really kind of, it's hard to think, you know, that conceptualize that the the plates on this planet are actually floating around but they are you yeah. know they're moving very very slowly but thankfully but that's you know that's what causes earthquakes i've been out here and felt earthquakes ice quakes if I, you will i've seen my doors all open up at the same time in my rental houses and guys are all like getting out of the house because they heard <laughs> a big crack and you can hear the cracks inside the house here so well when that ice cracks it definitely makes a rumble, and it will definitely make people jump for sure. Yeah, when it when it's booming and talking and cracking, and and when it's making ice, it's really it really talks a lot. You hear it booming and echoing. But I've I've been out here before, and like it, it's shake for like an extended period of time. Like it shook. I mean, not like minutes, but yeah. maybe ten, fifteen, twenty seconds. Like you're like, wow, okay. And then you go back, and yeah, the pressure ridge that you crossed, or you see the the bridge that. The temporary bridge that they put out for you to cross the yes. the pressure ridge, and that thing's like tipped on its side, like well, yeah, it moved. I mean, that's for all 
intents and purposes, that's an earthquake right there. That's yeah. what you experienced. There's definitely so- something happened out there. When you hear that yeah. boom or that cracking, you know, like, oh, let's go check the roads again and see yeah. <laughs> so we're, so where we're uh, dealing with here today. Yeah, so. Again, we're not really instilling confidence in any Southerners that want to <laughs> <laughs> come up and ice fish. I just love when you when you talk about driving on the ice and they're like, wait, what? What, yeah. what, do you, what, what do you mean? What do you mean drive, drive? Like, like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, wait, drive, drive on the ice with your, with your pickup truck. Like, nope, nope, hard pass, not doing that. And, and that's, <laughs> and that's one of the hardest things for a resort to make the call on what can go out when it can go out. You know, you're walking on four inches of ice, you're getting your four wheelers on five and six inches of ice, a small truck, you know, nine, 10 inches of ice, a half ton, you know, your 12 inches of ice. Then everybody's asking, when can the diesels go out? When can right. the diesels go out? Then, you know, we were talking 15, the 16 inches of yeah. ice, and then they got their 24 foot tandem house behind it. So 18 inches of ice. So. I wonder about that, those giant houses. I mean, like, those things aren't cheap. And how often, I mean, how often, I mean, let's use it as a camper. You got the whole summertime, but let's just stick with ice fishing. Like, you're getting to use that for. Six weeks tops. Well, you're talking ice fishing is really uh, January and February. It closes down the end of February, so you're actually looking at about eight weekends there. If you get the right weather. If you get the right if weather. you get good ice. Yeah. If you get, nah, that's, <laughs> then you're not getting out on those big houses early And then if January. you have any sort of slush problems or, I mean, you are completely... Like you need the resorts. There's no way you're getting those things out with somebody plowing and maintaining roads. You, like one hundred percent not it's not happening. No, you don't want to be going out public accesses anyway, no, but no, at least with us no. resorts we're out there drilling holes, we're yeah. watching the ice and even when we're watching ice and checking ice, there's cracks and there's pie shapes that are out there that we gotta watch and uh th- those do pop up and we gotta oh, yeah. cone them off and uh Having a resort out there looking out for you goes a long ways, and I think that $30 on a road pass for a wheelhouse for a three-day pass, yeah. is, I think it's well worth it Dude, for them. It's super cheap. It's a super cheap insurance for sure. Uh, it just It's not that much money. Again, you got a $30,000 wheelhouse or more, and however expensive your truck is pulling it and however much in tackle and bait, you probably just spent $20 in bait, $30 in beer for the weekend, and yeah. then you're going to bitch about the thing that actually gets you out there and Get you, do it. get you there back and forth safe. And yeah. if they have problems out there, we can come out there and jumpstart them. If they need a propane, we, we we fill propanes here so we can get them oh, out Oh, really? There. We well, got propane available for them. Oh, that's cool. Um, you know, we've... You drag we, a thing around on skids and, and We do not. Know no, that most of these guys on these uh, wheelhouses are running 30-pound canisters. Sure. So we can go grab one for them and go fill it up and bring it out to them. Or we have an ice office. Our, our office is on the ice. It's a beautiful little setup. You walk right up to the window, get your road pass. You're on your way. We give you ice reports, fishing reports. Uh, so we are, we are on the ice. So when you pull down, you're on the ice and you're ready to roll. You're not coming up to the resort waiting for the bartender to get you a road pass. We're... We're there, get you out on the ice, and get you on and off safely. Sure. That's – can't wait. <laughs> I love people are asking questions on Facebook Live. It's awesome. Yeah. get we'll, on that feed, and then I can – We'll uh, we'll answer those questions a little bit later. Uh, a season road pass does qualify you for a staging area parking spot. And our season passes are $200 for a wheelhouse for the season, and that will qualify you for a spot on our staging area in a lighted-up area near our office, which is very well protected. Why isn't this showing up? Whatever. 
we uh we can do some blowouts for you too depending on how much snow is out there most of the time we like for you guys just to go get in your area if we need a plow spot we'll do that for gratuity there you go yeah treat them treat them well yeah they're putting in the the risk versus reward they're doing the they're doing it they're checking it and um it's just important i know it's not like a broken record but i just it it, it irritates me people that you know bitch about such little relatively such little money it's even like fishing license cost you know what is it what is it 28 bucks for a sportsman's in this state or 18 for just the angling and like if if they talk about raising the licenses people just lose their mind yeah like if you raise if you raised it five bucks five bucks yeah it's gonna i be. mean people just freak out but it's of all the money you spend i mean that's where, where else can you get <laughs> one year of entertainment, entertainment yeah. for 20 bucks. Well, the trucks that we're seeing, you know, these guys got some really beautiful rigs. They're $60,000 trucks we're seeing coming through here, $30,000, $40,000 wheelhouses. And these guys got some really nice stuff. And um, we're proud to have these guys out there, and we love to see their rigs. And um, most of the guys are happy to pay pay the fee. And, you know, the yeah. guys that don't, they're just trying to bicker a little bit and just sort of. Sort of built into their blood. Uh, try, <laughs> I guess. Try to bicker I, guess. I think that's just sort of way some guys are, and yeah, we we uh, love them all. One take or take it or leave it. We're we're there to help them out. <laughs> yeah, I get that. It's it just irritates. I guess it's a pet peeve of mine. How cheap they can be when they're when they're dropping so much money everywhere else. You know, hundred dollar boots and three hundred dollar ice suit and God knows how much in rods and everything else. And then, <laughs> Ten bucks, I ain't paying the ten bucks for a fucking road. Nah, get out there. Pay the pay the goddamn money. Yeah, they may, they may feel it might be an extra ten bucks for the day or whatever, but we try to you know, these guys come on Friday and they say they're gonna leave on Saturday, then they leave on Sunday, then they got a two day road pass, and then we're checking road passes, got an expired road pass on being the bad guy at the road access. So if we just do thirty bucks, it's it's all the way across the board. Stay for three days or three minutes. I think that's more than fair. Do you do season passes? We do season passes. Uh, we do a season pass. It's two hundred, and that would include um, having a spot down at the staging area if you don't want to leave your house out there in the Blue City. We ask people not to leave their houses out there three, four, seven miles out on the lake just because lake changes Shit all the happens, time. Yeah. yeah. So we know thing. the Blue City, a half a mile out, good fishing grounds. You're going to be guaranteed you're going to be able to get to your house, but you start leaving your stuff way out in the middle of the lake. We, we cannot predict what the ice is going to do or if Mother Nature is going to throw us a two-foot snowfall in between that. So we try sure. to try to keep people a little closer in if you're going to be leaving your house here. Otherwise, right. just bring it up to the staging area, and we'll, you'll know you'll be able to get to your house yeah. easily. You bought, you bought the wheelhouse because it moves. So Yeah. So, <laughs> so, you know, go fishing, enjoy your weekend, but... You know, in any resort, it's going to be a week-to-week -week basis. It's just not recommended to leave your stuff out there right. seven miles out there and think that, you know, things are going to be hunky-dory all season long. Just not possible. Right. Well, let's get into some controversial stuff. What do you think about the limit? The limit's the same again last year. One uh, fish, 21 to 23 inches. 21 to 23, same slot limit was the last winter which was a good slot limit for us. We had a lot of fish caught in that 21 to 23 inch slot limit. It was a great uh, slot limit for the beginning of the season, May 12th through uh, Memorial Day. We did we caught a lot of fish in that slot limit. Um, everybody'd like to see two fish, but you know we're just not going to get two fish with this DNR regulations you right if, now. You give them two fish, they're going to want six fish. Uh, it's just here's what I tell people: if you want walleyes to eat, don't go to Max. 
that's that's not the destination. I mean, if you want to go to a lake and just catch a shit ton of them with a legit shot at a trophy, like a really high chance at getting a trophy, yep. go to Malax. Yeah. Well, we I, I'll have to disagree with you a little bit on that because I we are catching some eating fish here. So these guys come up these wheelhouses, they certainly want to be able to eat a fish. So that twenty one to twenty three was a pretty uh pretty good caught fish so 21 to 23 i think is going to be an eating fish this year of course you know 18 to 20 would be a little bit better eater but you know 21 to 23 has got some pretty good flays on it oh no they're great eating fish i don't i don't mean that by any yep. stretch i just mean like you get you if you get one in that slot you get to keep a fish a fish like you're yep. not you're not feeding a family on a fish no so, no no uh it's that part's kind of the frustrating thing. And I've heard people say, like, oh, I used to go to that lake, but I'm not going up there anymore because it's not worth it for one fish. And those are your, like, those are your catch and grease fishermen. They're not the catch and release yeah. fishermen. They're well, like, all they care about is, is keeping fish. They don't, like, they go fishing to keep fish. They don't they don't go fishing to put them back in the hole. Yeah, bring your wife, bring your kids. You get a couple extra lines that way. <laughs> there you so go. So then you got to get some more options. But, no, we got some really big fish in this lake. Uh, one of my helpers, he got a 30-inch uh, last year. We got 28s, 2030s. Um, most of those are all catch and release anyway. Not too many guys are really wanting to take those fish no, out of the lake. And not definitely really. not in a frying pan. So, yeah, it's a possibility to keep those big fish. And if you're really out for a trophy, you want to do that mounting on it. But, um for the most part, those big fish go back into the lake. Yeah, I got a 43-inch northern last year out of here through the ice. Yeah, we and got two days later a 36. Yeah, we got a 44. Uh, pretty big. They got a big one out of your spearing last year, so that was a nice little deal. And and spearing's been up here in the lake for four or five years now. Um, sort of a little bit of a goofy deal though. You got to keep two under 30 to take the one over 30 yeah that's right so you gotta you gotta be out there be pretty patient and you know to... and watch out for the muskies yeah have you seen any issues with that like people doing any x are they pretty good at identifying their fish very very good at identifying the spear? fish yeah absolutely yeah these guys are pretty knowledgeable what they're looking for because that's why they didn't have spearing up here for the longest time was because the shared waters with with muskies i mean that i think that's statewide like lakes that had muskies in it weren't i don't think they could spear on them they might have changed that a while ago but yeah i know that's gotta be somewhat difficult but i guess if you know what you're looking for if you're a spear chances are that's your hobby and and you know what you're looking for yeah so. these guys are all pretty nuts you know and we got pictures in our spear houses that show the difference between a muskie and a wall and, oh, well, and a muskie and a northern yeah, so well, that's good to have got a little bit of ideas and we educate them a little bit uh Take your time before you throw. You know, you really got to get those two under 30 to take that big one. So That's got to be actually probably harder than accidentally sticking a muskie is knowing what a 30-incher looks like through in the, the water. Through the magnified water, absolutely. Yeah. That's got to be the hardest thing, and it's probably the most stupidest rule I've ever heard if you want to get some of these big predators out of here, why are we having to right. take two under 30 to take that one over 30? But. Uh, the DNR works in mysterious ways. We will we will never figure out. What You're they so got politically going. correct, Randy. You're so nice. <laughs> here I thought we we're gonna get up here. It'll be fire and brimstone talking about the lake, and you're all like, "Well, you know." <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they 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 got a lot of they got a lot of power up here, and we we respect them, and we we do what they tell us we we can do and what we can't do. Um, but you know, giving us the fish for the ice season here is very important to us resorts to pull. Uh, Catch and release halfway through a summer like that and the complete shutdown for a fall is very devastating to the community up here. Um, we did not need a fall shutdown here. 
Um, would have been great for some anglers to be able to come up here yeah. and fish those walleyes in the fall, pulling wraps in the evenings. It's beautiful fishing grounds. For the amount of people that came up here, it was pretty ridiculous to even shut that down. Well, it's it's good that there. it's also world-class uh, smallmouth fishery. Huge, and, you huge. know, musky fishing. Th those those two groups of people are pretty fanatical. So I know a lot of people come up for both of those fish. So, you know, and that, like you said, that closing that walleye season down is – it's somewhat of a joke because if you're out here uh, smallmouth bass fishing, I guarantee you you're catching walleyes. Well, that's I what mean. they did at the bass <laughs> the bass masters or wherever when they came up here. They were like complaining, oh, we kept all these damn walleyes. We're fishing for bass, <laughs> but but we're thankful for the bass fishermen to come up here because they you know they put revenue in our pockets too. Yep. Most of the muskie guys they come up here and they fish their fish and they leave, but the bass fishermen they seem like they have some money and they want to spend it at the resorts, and we appreciate the bass fishermen quite a bit. And but we do have to say that. Our walleye fisherman has dropped down drastically because of our vacation rental homes. We used to have, what, five boats and ten guys and are staying in our places for openers. And the last few openers have been pretty quiet. This last opener helped us a little bit because they actually gave us a fish to keep. So we asked them, you know, let's keep some fish. Yeah, they should, I, yeah I don't understand when they completely shut it down. Uh, I don't really think they're – we're just not taking that much out. I well, don't think – even one fish, like – Man, you can't be putting that much of a dent in the population. Well, let's go, let's go back to the, the 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 word hooking mortality. Hooking mortality is the biggest crock of shit I've could understand that they actually. Now we're talking. Us. Now I'm getting you fired up. Yeah. Let's go. Because we're 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 watching our shorelines and we're not seeing a bunch of fish floating into the shore. We're not seeing floaters all around out there. It's just the hooking mortality is way off base on what they're charging us for that fish. Um, it, it's just not happening. The fish you catch, you may, you few may die, especially uh, late, later in the season. When the water's and, warm and you're fishing really deep, real and, deep and stuff. But even then, you know, it's the few and far between. I think it was like six tons of fish that they they charge us for. I don't know. Uh, Milfact, they know the, all the numbers. Steve Johnson at Portside, he's a really great advocate for the lake. I really look up for him. He really. Tell, calls it how it is and if i need information steve is going to give me the information i don't know the information i don't follow it that close uh but those guys in milfac they do a phenomenal job trying to watch the dnr trying to keep them in check even though the dnr just do what they want to do and i i do believe the dnr are not really pulling the strings up here um i'm going to say it again the dnr are the puppets to the chippewa nation bureau of indian affairs treaty management i still believe that um until the DNR actually gets their full reign and try to get some things changed up here. I would really like to see the lake just, um, I'd like to, and, and this, this is, I might as well wish for a herd of unicorns, but I'd really like to see politics not play a role in fisheries, in lake management. I mean, let's keep it science-based. You know, if you have actual um, fisheries biologists up here and, and let them set limit guidelines and season guidelines and and i just don't think money should be the sway of you know who or who gets the money and who doesn't get the money from from the resource doesn't uh, i just anytime you put money into it, it the waters get real cloudy real quick uh, it's very frustrating for the resort owners and for all these launch people that are going out there catching 100 fish 100 fish in a boat and they're saying oh we're shortage of walleyes up here it's 
bullshit. It's yeah, and that's kind of and that's the typical. That's like you hear that from everybody that fishes that lake. You know, mm-hmm. the joke is everybody says, "Oh, there's no." You know, after catching fifty walleyes yeah. that afternoon, you're like, "Oh, there's no walleyes in that lake." Yeah. You know, that's kind of that's the that's become the joke because that's what we're you know, oh, we're gonna have this really restrictive limit, and you know, because the walleye numbers just aren't there. But you go out and you fish it and. <laughs> It sure doesn't seem like it. I mean, I caught loads of walleyes last year. Yeah. I, I mean, loads of them. We're proving them wrong over and over. It's it's fake news. You want to go back to that? Fake news. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I do believe that. And, uh, there's, and, and, and angling, when does angling open up? And angl, angling opens up uh, May, May 12th, May 10th, somewhere in there. Water temperatures, 42 degrees, 45 degrees. Why are we angling at 42, 45 degrees? We're angling at those Water temperatures because fish are pretty much done spawning. So if you're harvesting fish, why would you be harvesting fish when fish are in spawn? Mm-hmm. So our biggest gripe is here is uh, netting on this lake. I will go into that subject. Um, spawn netting is something that does not need to be happening on this lake. If you want to do spawn netting, you guys can do that after fishing is uh, out of spawn. Well, it does seem to be the most counter in... Uh... What's the word I'm looking for? Counterintuitive to the health of a lake. If you're gonna you're gonna target fish while they're actively fishing. I mean, we have season dates set uh, to protect spawning fish. You know, bass season is late. Although last year it you know it encompassed the bass spawn for sure. But uh, in general, that's what this state has been trying to do, or at least that's what they tell us. When they <laughs> we're only the only few states in the country that even has. A season closure on fishing. I mean, the Dakotas don't have a season. It's open year-round. You know, Wisconsin does. Minnesota does. I'm not sure about Iowa or even Michigan, but the rest of the country, they just there's no season. It's just open. Well, it's <laughs> it, it's it's uh, treaty management, and it's whatever they decide. They want to say, hey, the limit's up, and you're done, and that's what they're doing. The DNR just sort of says, yep, we'll listen to you, and there's absolutely no leadership in the DNR as far as I'm concerned. Hmm. Well, I don't, I don't know enough about it to really have a, a strong opinion one way or the other. I know just as a casual observer, it, it definitely seems skewed. Like it doesn't – targeting spawning fish just doesn't seem like a smart idea. It does not. And um, it's, it's not small nets. It's not canoes anymore. It's not like the old right. treaty back in the day. It's 200-foot nets, and there's lots of nets out on this lake. So it's, it's, a, big, it's a big harvest. Um, and there's no catch and release. I mean, these fish there, are dead. There is no catch. And they're not just catching walleyes either. No, they're not just catching walleyes. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I'm all for the band members that stayed up here to keep their heritage. I think that's a great thing. But for uh, others, other states coming over here doing commercial netting on this lake, it's not helping this lake. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll do some catch and release and stuff like that, but we're we're taking one fish, and yeah. our fish are most most of them. Our fish are swimming away. We're not we're, we are not reaping the lake. No, and the the amount of money going, you know, it it, it creates. This might be kind of tricky tricky waters. I don't know if I want to wait. Ah, fuck it, I'll wait into them. <laughs> so, um, what you run into, and I'm just going off of like human nature, where anytime you give one group of people special rules than another group there's it's going to create a gap there's going to be some dissent there i mean that's just human nature you know if you give you, you take a random population at a bar and you say everybody wearing a blue sweatshirt 
gets a drink for free. Yep. And everybody else, you got to pay for your drinks. Everybody else has to pay for the drinks. They're going to start hating those people in blue sweatshirts. Yeah. And, and that's just that. That's human nature. So I mean, you can take race out of it. You can take all of it. And that's nothing. Take to, all nothing of it out of it when you race. when you Absolutely give people not. special rules. It's it's gonna cause problems. People are not. It's just it's always gonna cause problems. They've seen it, you know, with studies. Just even with, uh, you know, primates when they, you know, they, there's a story um, that was shared where there was a, it was like a, a, I think the guy was studying chimpanzees. You know, he had his pen there, but there was a particular chimp that wasn't with the main group. This was I don't know if he was injured. He was raised as a from an infant or whatever. Well, he was it was separate and different, and that one got like this birthday cake. And these this other group of monkeys, upon seeing that monkey eat the birthday cake, and they've never they don't even they've never had a birthday cake. They don't know what it tastes <laughs> like. They don't even you know they know nothing about it. Yep. But they were so filled with jealous rage that when that keeper went in there just to do his normal chores, they all attacked him. Yeah. They like bit his fingers off. They chewed his face off. And like they've ne- they don't even know why. It's just because that individual. Right had something special that they didn't well you're talking equal rights keep it keep it equal yeah i mean it's equal 40 42 45 degree water temperatures fish are not in spawn uh spawning fish so it has ten thousand eggs so if you take one of those females out of the lake how many fish are you actually killing right so let's uh let's uh stop the spawn netting is what i've always said and another thing on this lake i do see the black comrades the black comrades the birds that are eating these fish i've uh was an advocate for that for quite a while I actually spoke in front of Mark Dayton over at the community center over at the high school over there in Isle. I think the black comrade population has exploded over there. In our Spirit Island used to be all full of seagulls. It started out with 50 comrades, went to 100 comrades. There's 5,000 comrades over there, and there's there's absolutely nobody's even looking at these birds. And as an example, I went over there with the jet ski just watching and videotaping all these black comrades. And one comrade got a little startled, and he, he choked up or spit up a big perch. It was about a 10-inch perch. So we, we know they're doing something to this lake. So I think that population has exploded. Yeah, there's more and more cormorants. You know, and that's a good and bad. I mean, there's more and more cormorants. There's more and more pelicans every year. A lot I mean, of pelicans, though, yes. I think, you know, we're now just starting to see the recovery from when they um, banned DDT back in the 70s. And these birds are all starting to come back, which is great. Yeah. Uh, but it there's, you know, there's a ripple effect. And, you know, the thing with cormorants is that they eat everything. They're not just eating. Like I said, it perked, it, it puked up a perch, yep. you know. I mean, yeah, they're going to eat some walleyes. They're going to eat some perch. They're going to eat some crappies. They're going to eat some – they're going to they're gonna eat whatever they catch. They do. Tulby, you know, same with the pelicans. You know, they're yep. going to – it's whatever goes in their big yapper is what they're going to end up eating. Yep. They're not targeting a specific no, they, fish. So I kind of – I think I, I'm a little bit hesitant to put too much blame on the cormorants because sure. I, I think – I mean, they've always been here. Yeah. You know, that, that, that's – Well, actually – They're I, not a new player. I've They're coming up, back. I've been up here for 21 years, and I've been watching that Spirit Island. That's one of the spots I did a lot of my tours over to, and I've never seen the black cormorants. If you look at any of the pictures that were painted of Spirit Island back in the day, there was no black cormorants on those pictures, and the black cormorant really came popular in this lake within the last 10 or so years. Pelicans have really thriving on this lake, and I'm sure they eat a lot of fish too. But mm-hmm. I'm a pelican lover, so I'm not going to bash the pelicans. <laughs> but um, the black cormorants, I just I see it's a huge population. It is, and I mean I'm not obviously I'm a hunter, and and I'm all for you know managing populations. And then again, that that comes down to uh, sound uh, wildlife biology, and if if we have 
you know, if they if they study those numbers and they and they study the impact that they have on a fishery and whether it's negative, neutral, or positive, uh, then by their recommendations, we'll go by that. And if they're like, yeah, there's room for a, a harvest here, maybe we need to open a cormorant season. I can't imagine they taste very good, but yeah, you know, it well, just it, you know, think I mean, of them as the as the uh, I don't know the aerial coyote, if you will, not to not to give them a bad name, but just a. I think they're sort of a nuisance. Actually, when I first moved in this lake in 1999, the spot to go fish was over at Spirit Island. That Spirit Island used to be a phenomenal fishery over there. Uh, you see very few and far between boats over in Spirit Island over there fishing that. There's just so many black cormorants over there. I do believe they, they hurt that fish population they can definitely eat, over They can there. definitely eat a lot of fish. I've seen yeah. videos and put them things down. Seagulls can eat a lot too, but a seagull isn't going to be eaten. Like seagulls are more turtles than crayfish. That's yeah. what I see them eating the crayfish yeah. and throwing all the crayfish carcasses they up have on to the pick it. They have to kind of pick at fish to, you know, if there's a big dead fish floating out there they kind of pick it up into yeah, pieces to, not, to get it to eat they're it they're not swallowing a 10 inch perch yeah. or a, they're not a winged a winged uh snake like those cormorants man that, i'm always surprised to see them videos of them things throwing up these huge fish and they swallow them things down whole somehow it's just yeah. unbelievable they dive down and they're down for a bit so they're down there doing yeah, something and they're crazy. definitely eating yeah well we're hoping that those i mean those golden eyes out there hopefully they're eating the zebra mussels yeah, yeah. although i think that i think that population is kind of it seems like it's kind of died back a little bit. Probably finding some sort of lake equilibrium. I, I, I do believe that. Um, when we pulled our docks out this year, our tires on our docks were not completely saturated with zebra mussels. Uh, there's still zebra mussels here, but I do believe that there's a little bit of a decline on the zebra mussels. I don't know what's caused that, but I do believe that. It's... Well, I think anytime you have a new species enter uh, an environment, because it doesn't necessarily have to be a lake. I mean, it can be anything. Uh, but when a new species is introduced and doesn't have any natural predators, it's and it has an unlimited supply of food resource. Well, the populations are going to explode. Yeah. And then they kind of eat themselves out of house and home. You know, then like you see this big spike, and then it, you know, never going to. They're never not going to be in the lake. They're always going to be here. Now, now they're in here. They're, they're always going to be yeah. here. Um, but then you know they're going to find their little their little niche in the ecosystem, and it's just. Uh, yeah, did it change the lake forever? Probably, but now it's just got a new reality. So it's sure. just it has a new. It's just it's new, new player now. So yeah. it's gonna have to adjust. And I'm not, I'm not a biologist. I don't know. I know they eat the algae, and the algae creates plankton, and the plankton eats for the minnows or whatever. I don't know all that <laughs> fancy <laughs> terminology, and I'm not even a person to ask about it. But I do know they uh, they do something in the lake here. <laughs> Yeah, they're filter feeders, so they they filter out pretty much everything. So your zooplankton, your phytoplankton, and uh, very very small living things is basically what what it comes down to. And then that, I mean, those are the building blocks to the ecosystem. So the minnows eat also eat stuff like that, and sure and the, the fish, food, the, the food fish eat the, the minnows. Chain, and then, yes. Yeah, so you're you're interrupting that food chain or changing it at a very basic stage. So it's going to affect the entire lake which it has but like i said you're not seeing as many now no i'm seeing more shells you know washing up on the beaches not so many of the you know actual mussels themselves yeah. so that's you know hopefully that that equals out um so i just think i mean that's another thing even statewide you know the way we deal with invasive species you know the got all the weed cops you call them at the at the landings and making sure that you're picking up all the weeds and that you're you're Live wells boat, are empty. Yeah, live wells empty. Your boat plugs no out, water. and yep. you're supposed to dry it out. It's like, well, what if I want to go fish in another lake? Yeah. You know, it's like, should we give up that freedom or liberty to bounce around for this 
risk of spreading invasives, which seem to be spreading regardless of what of what we do. So I mean, you're not you're not keeping birds from flying from one lake to the next. No, I mean I don't know how much they transmit invasives, but they have found some things in like sloughs where no boats can get to and some and somehow they're still getting into so i mean the only logical explanation would be birds 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 yeah you know so i don't know it's, yeah it seems I guess, like it's gonna happen i guess happen. the first time i heard about zebra mussels was on uh like the saint croix river back in the day there was one area you couldn't go from this part of the river to the next part of the river and this was like the borderline if you went this far you, you couldn't go back down it was like a little oh, that checkpoint. doesn't make any sense at all checkpoint so what that's what they used to do so they're they're putting these guys spraying boats off and stuff to I don't know, trying to get people aware a little bit, but right. I don't know. I think it's more annoying than anything. But if they want to give it a try, give it a try. Our tax dollars got to go somewhere. And so, but if, you know, paying for the extra yeah. license uh-huh. or whatever, I guess uh, give, give them something to do anyway. Yeah, they, they do like to spend their money. That's for damn sure. Yeah, for sure. That's for that's for damn sure. So it's your forecast for this, this winter. You, you hopeful? I think it's going to be good. We're going to have good ice. We're going to have cold weather, I'm hoping. And um, we always want little snow. Yeah, <laughs> so, especially early. Yeah, we want to get a good ice. And uh, we, we do need snow because banking those houses is yep. a bitch. Uh, oh, for sure. Banking with plywood is not a fun thing out there. Um, but no. Or slush. Yeah. <laughs> Shaving ice just to bank the house. Well, we've had years where it's been 50 degrees for 10 days. And we had six inches of water out on the ice, and that's oh. not a lot of fun dealing with that. So, so many variables on the fish house rentals out here, and guys being out on the ice. I've just... fished out here late uh, for perch before when it's raining. Yeah. Yeah, there's water on the ice, and the truck is throwing a wake yeah. as you go. And you're like that. Your mind doesn't know quite where to file that. Like, <laughs> Well, you get that six inches of water on top of the base of ice, which is a couple feet or whatever, and then that stuff freezes over, so then you're cracking through the ice. That's going to freak out most uh, people all well, the way. So. And not, yeah, not only does it freak you out, but you can get stuck pretty easy because, you know, you two-block your tire, and you're not getting any traction on yeah. wet ice. Right. You're so you're spinning. trying to get up over this clump of ice. And yeah. And, and who's going to come out and help you? Right, exactly. <laughs> the resort owner that you paid the road pass to is going to come out, and Randy's going to give you a hand. And there was one year where the neighboring resort, um, Eddie's, they had they had four people in a car. It was about 2 o'clock in the morning, and they ventured out on their road and just kept going, and it went over a crack. And their front tires went through a crack. Yikes. And uh, they called us down here, and we went down there and helped the neighboring resort, as we would help a neighboring resort if they wanted to be friends with us. But right. there's some are up one up here that just does not want to cooperate or work with us and i'm not naming no names but right. we went out there me and my wife we took our truck we went away out there and we came across a crack that was probably about a foot wide and my tires would have went in that crack so from there we walked to their car and got those people off the ice the next day we got them off the ice got them off the off the lake you know it was definitely two o'clock in the morning they didn't need to be out driving out there in that vehicle but well, some the people, bars closed down i had to get back to the shower. yeah some people do dumb things out there late at night and <laughs> we're there to help you out you know but you know we're definitely taking a risk on our end uh get people off oh, the ice and sure. did i know those people of course not yeah but as an ice person and as somebody running the resort i'll be there for you man right yeah and, do you get to do you get to do much fishing yourself, or are you just too busy pulling I, houses? And I've uh, my day starts out as an eight-hour day where we can do some fish, and then as the winter gets going, it turns into a twelve-hour day, and then it turns into a 
16 hour day <laughs> then at the end of the season it was a 36 hour day with a couple hours of sleep so we do like to fish a little bit in the beginning of the season that's um, good that's good get a couple fish you know get show some people that were catching some fish then after that i'm pretty much working it working and working working it and then, uh you know that's this is my job and this is your guys's vacation to get away and enjoy yourself so i'd like yeah. to see people enjoy themselves and uh I'll do my vacation in a little different aspect. Sure, yeah, you're going to Thailand, right? Is that what you said? Uh, we're going to be or Philippines. We're going to be doing a few different countries here, and we're looking forward to for a little bit of a getaway. That would be fun. I'm jealous of the food you're going to get down there. I just think, like, if I went down there, it'd be a culinary adventure for sure. I just like trying new things, and they got all sorts of stuff that looks really bomb it's going to be a good little getaway for us nice. so but yeah we're we're southwest lake malax we're randy's rental so we look forward to you guys coming up here and doing some fishing with us and uh, great to have an interview with you yeah thanks for thanks for doing it appreciate it i think it was a lot of fun um i i enjoyed interviews uh, we've done a couple national geographic came out here a few years ago and they wanted to do a little special on ice fishing resorts and boy the year that they didn't they passed that it was just a phenomenal year for catastrophes as oh, far as oh no. cracks in deep water and rain. Well, that's what and, they want, right? And they would have had a great episode that year, and they they didn't roll with it. But oh, we, they didn't do it. They oh, did not no. do it, no. But we had an interview with National Geographic, and they came to the house sort of like what you did here today. And so I enjoy it, and, you know, you know. Try to try to tell it how, how we see it. Well, I think, yeah, and I think everybody's curious. You know, they come up here, and, and they don't really see, like, the kind of behind-the-scenes stuff for the people that are doing the roads and the and the resorts and so i think it's a uh, interesting perspective i know i'm interested in it so i just assume other people are um, it, it all it all starts with a spud bar <laughs> yeah, walking out with a spud yeah, bar yeah. hitting the ice three times if yeah. we're good we're still moving out we're drilling holes until we get five six inches of ice we'll let the wheelers out there otherwise portal will be out there early um it's going to be December 6th for us. That's when we're going to open our doors. And um, anything before, you guys can find public waters or I'll anywhere to, else to go. But our access will be open on December 6th. Until then, it's going to be a closed access. I'll have to come up here and poke around a little bit. I don't hit, honestly, I don't hit this side of the lake too much. No, no real reason. I just you got know. great, got great rock structure over here. That's yeah. one of the great things we have because you talked about the glacier earlier when mm -hmm. that glacier pushed from the north and came down this way. It gave us some good rocks. So we got some really great structure here. Um, like I said, Indian Point, once they get bored with the rocks and these guys want to get out to the mud and yep. it's just, uh, you know, further in the season you go, the further they want to be away. They don't want to see, they don't want to see no car traffic. No, they want they to be don't. out in the but middle I'm, of the lake. But I'm telling you, you can catch, you don't always have to get out to the mud. You can catch, you can catch walleyes on those shallow rocks the entire winter. I'm telling you, well, I've done it. <laughs> our, our 22 houses will be out there in the Blue City, and that's where we keep our blue houses in case we have a big storm or something. We're going to be able to get you guys off those houses. Uh, so the Blue City is always going to be our to-go spot. That's the and spot. We'll, we'll be here, and you guys, those wheelhouses can come on up and hunker down in the Blue City. We'll have lots of spots for them, and as the season goes, we'll get bigger ice, and there they can move on out. Do you guys, uh, before we wrap this up, do you guys do any, or part of like the, you know, how uh, they have like the Perch Extravaganza uh, you know, the resorts do like kind of like those fishing things. We, do you guys plan any, have any events like that? Uh, we have not had any events like that. Okay. Um, we just service the people that come and go out here. Uh, there's a lot of big events up here in the lake. Perch Extravaganza is one of the great events. Uh, one of the reasons why we really got into big ice roads and wheelhouses here was uh, Steve Johnson from Portside. He called up a few years back and said, hey, the other side of the lake is pretty bad ice over here. 
you got an access to get some of these wheelhouses out of there. We got a little taste of the wheelhouse. Mm. And uh, people said, hey, Randy, you got a great spot here, but maybe we'd like to try to get out a little further next year. Yeah. So we went out further that year. Then we had a couple of the guys from the ICOG uh, owners group, great group. They had a couple of the guys said, hey, Randy, we'd like to get out the Sherman South tip. Can you get us out there? I said, let's go. I put my plow <laughs> down and I let's checked ice it. and we got him out to the Sherman South tip. And we were the only, there was two houses and me and the plow guy, we were out there all by ourselves. And uh, we had those guys out there and somebody found out that we were out there. So who comes chasing us down? Oh, yeah. So we got the neighboring resort coming out there claiming territory. So it's an open lake and yeah, we're all going to work together. That's unfortunate. I can't say I agree with that at all. Like uh, once you're on the, once you're on the lake, it's open. You're water. on the lake. Yeah. I mean, it's like, do they stop you from trolling in the summertime? Next, I mean, I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So let, if you guys want to come down and butt up with us, let's let's work together. Let's, yeah, for let's sure. Let's finally give a handshake and say, hey, yeah. let, let's let's be gentlemen about this. Let's work together. Yeah, but. and as a as a consumer, if if anybody is is listening to this from that. Uh, resort i assume they would know who they are if they hear this conversation absolutely um just keep in mind from from a user standpoint from a consumer standpoint i would really like to see and i know a lot of anglers agree with me uh a connected network of roads along the whole lake would be great would be amazing it would be you great. wouldn't have to get on and off like if i if i was out here and i just wanted to run up to garrison to go to uh the McDonald's. You know, the McDonald's or the y bar or, or wherever that yep. i know i could get there and i could get there safely um, and, ne and never leave the lake. I think that would be a fantastic thing. And yeah, you want to go? Oh, there's my. I just found got a call from my buddy. He's staying. Uh, he's staying over there at, at Rocky Reef. I'm gonna yep. go run over there and have uh, a dinner a, with him. So burger. instead of getting off here, driving all the way around the south end of the lake, when I could just cut straight straight east, it'd be a great connection. It'd be wonderful. And we imagine. They could actually get some rest when Randy wants to work out until 2 o'clock in the morning. You yeah. wouldn't have to be out until 2 o'clock in the morning and call right. it a day at 10 o'clock and say, hey, Randy, you got the next four hours. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. It's just it's not happening. It would be a really good partnership. It so would be hopefully great. Can, I, I wish it would change. Well, maybe this little meager podcast can kind of start the I've, conversation going. And I've asked, and I would love to be a partnership and work together. That's nothing I think more that, that I think it would be great to see to see you know a Malax Lake uh, Alliance kind of a you know a, you know you you could put out roadmaps. You could I mean I mean charge a little bit extra. I mean whatever it would take. I know I would pay it. It would be great. You could have a button. You could have a sticker, almost like a state park sticker that you could put on your windshield. You know yeah. that I mean why not? I. I, there's why nots. I'm not going to get into all the why nots why it hasn't happened yet. But um, we're we're here to work together. Yeah. Well, um, I'm as a, like I said, as an angler, as a user of the lake, I I'd really like to see that. I think that would I think everybody fishing this lake would be on board with that. I'm I'm 100% for it. We got the equipment, and we'd love to work together instead of somebody cutting into our roads and saying, hey. We're just going to cut in here, and you you can maintain the other seven miles, Randy. Right. Thank you. Thank Jesus. you. Yeah, that's that's no way to that's no, no way to so operate. So that's that's pretty much what's been going on here. But no, we want to we want to we want to work together, and um, I'm I'm willing to do a handshake and work together anytime. And I've said that very loudly, and I did it for 18 years until things changed down the block there. Um, we'd love to get that alliance back. Yeah. Well, 
hopefully we can we can work towards that. So people listen, if they haven't done so already, find Randy's Rentals on Facebook. Do you do anything any other platforms like Instagram, anything like that? Nope, just Randy Rentals on uh, Lake Mille Lacs. I actually do my Facebook page under Randy R A N D Y Simons S I M O N S. That's my private page. I'm pretty much on that 99% of the time. So uh, last year it was Randy James Simons. There was a little bit of an issue on my Facebook page. So now it's going to be Randy Simons this year, and hopefully no one's going to get into my stuff and <laughs> cha- change my settings and block me off my own my Your own, own site. Stuff, my own site. So here we are, Randy oh, Simons, and we're gonna we're gonna keep going and we're gonna put, let that water be under the bridge. And uh, they know what they did, and they know how they did it, and I know who did it. And you know it's it is what it is. I'm gonna move on. Well, I I appreciate that sentiment i think that's that's uh i think that's the way to be so kudos to you for you know not not being bitter and and keeping the fight alive i think that's the the exact right approach i think you're doing doing the right thing well i won't keep you too much longer i know you're busy getting ready and you got a vacation coming up yes so uh, thank you for the interview it was a great time absolutely we'll have to all mail stop in again and this Appreciate winter, and we'll do a, a mid-season report and see how things are going. So, well, you'll be really busy by then, so I don't know. We're gonna, we'll see. We're going to be busy, and when I get back... And I'll, then, drag the, I'll drag the house up here. I'll grab the Yeti out and just have to come out and join me for a beer for an hour. Well, you won't see me drinking out there, but you'll <laughs> definitely, I'll definitely get you out on the ice, my friend. All right. Sounds good, Randy. Thank you. Thank you.